everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of The Chief Brief. I apologize in advance for the sound of my voice. I've been dealing with the worst cold of my entire life uh, for about 12 days now, and it's definitely not because I've been crying since the Eagles game. That never uh, happened, did it, Homer? Uh, yes, but now I have to leave on a totally unrelated matter. And so for that reason, and that 100% true reason alone, we'll have a bit of a double episode today. You know these guitars that are like double guitars, you know? And on that note, we'll take it to the Blitz. Let's go! Week 11, 21-17 Philadelphia Eagles. Am I disappointed? Yes, but I'm not suicidal, and that is saying a lot for a Chiefs loss on my part because the offense outgained the Eagles. The defense outstopped the Eagles, and honestly, if not for a couple 50-50 balls and one red zone turnover, this is a completely different ballgame. They actually played great. My biggest takeaway from this game came after the game in the back tunnel when I found out that we have spent the last 10 months living rent-free in Nick Sirianni's head. Listen to this soundbite from the Eagles coach. What you just heard is a professional, grown, 42-year-old adult man yelling at what I can only assume includes women and children as he marches off the field, clinging to the last lifeboat of refuge of his dignity. For the love of God, sir, there are two seats. I like to put my feet up. But I'd like to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm sure this has all been misconstrued and we're missing what he actually meant. Uh, I'm sure it was just the way he said it. Oh, they got this all screwed up. Uh, he probably meant, hello, Chiefs fans. Uh, I can't hear you anymore because I'm leaving the field and I'm sorry to be missing out on further interaction. However, I will be seeing you later uh, in the Super Bowl this year when you inevitably uh, kick our ass again. Um, at least I hope that's what he meant because pissing off Chiefs fans is maybe the dumbest move a human being can make. But pissing off Swifties? Oh, Nick, you have no idea what you're in for, my friend. So let's break this thing down, starting with special teams. Tommy Townsend didn't have a good night. Uh, it was rainy. It was windy. It was cold. He didn't get a punt inside 20 yards, but neither guy punted amazing, so that's okay. Sometimes it may be good. Sometimes it may be shit. Bucker stayed perfect because he's Harrison Bucker, and he's a godsend this season. And Kadarius Tony actually stepped up for McCole Hardman, who was injured earlier in the game, and had a couple great returns. The defense maybe had its most impressive game of the entire season. They kept the Philadelphia Eagles to 238 yards. They 
kept their rushing yards pretty much right on pace where it has been all season, but they completely shut down the passing game. They got to Jalen Hurts, which was the most important thing to do in this game. They had 11 QB pressures and five sacks, which was massive. And I couldn't get away from you. Unfortunately, they didn't stop the Eagles when it mattered. They went three for three in the red zone. But otherwise, their third down stoppage, they kept the Eagles to like a 28% conversion rate when all season they've been right around 50%. And they never once gave them that fourth down situation for the tush push. They didn't have that. It's third and nine. They kept them to longer yardage throughout the duration of their drives. So they didn't even have a single fourth attempt. Unfortunately, yes, they did have the tush push in the red zone, which ended up being the winning touchdown. But like I said in the past, you gotta stop it. It's a football play, and I see no problem with it. Hey! 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 Stop it! Stop it! Okay. Okay? Okay. All right. Legereus Sneed. Legereus Sneed was targeted six times in this game, and his quarterback rating against was 2.8. That's not a typo. You didn't hear me wrong. I didn't say it wrong. Not 28, two decimal eight. A huge interception that, yeah, maybe AJ Brown took from him right after. I'm still not really sure what that ruling actually should have been, but he had a hell of a game. It was unbelievable. Trent McDuffie, same thing. Two sacks, another forced fumble. That's his fifth of the year. He's now leading the NFL, and if he keeps this pace up, he will become the fourth ever cornerback to lead the NFL in forced fumbles, which uh, is amazing. It's normally a stat reserved for linebackers and defensive ends. Chris Jones got his two sacks. He played like a madman. And the whole line and the whole defense in general had a great game. And if we meet this team in February and play like that and our offense actually wakes up, we win the Super Bowl. That's all they had to do. Keep the Eagles to 238 yards, and you should win that football game every time. But the offense was the offense. So let's get to that. It's me. Hi. I'm the problem. It's me. It's me. Hi. Everybody agrees. Everybody agrees. Firstly, credit where credit is due. I'm going to do that thing that like an elementary school teacher does when she's coming in to scream at the whole class but points at the couple good kids and says that this doesn't apply to you, you know, so everyone in the class hates them. Rasheed Rice, great game. Phenomenal game, phenomenal season. The guy leads the NFL in yards after catch, and he's a rookie. Like, he's lights out, and he's going to be lights out, and we need this guy to be lights out. And again, I'll get to that. Justin Watson, good game. You guys are going to talk about the late drop. I, I don't care. He had a good game. He was there when we needed him most of the time, and that was a really tough 50-50 ball at the end of the game on a rainy night where Mahomes was making bad passes because of the weather the whole time. In the second quarter, he made a bad pitch to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, like behind the guy. He was overthrowing Kelsey. He was The ball was slippering. It was a very slippery night at the start of the game. Literally, you couldn't see through some of the camera angles because of it. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, hell of a game. Two attempts, 20 yards for a guy that's like barely played all year. Good for him. I miss him. As for everybody else, you're not getting off easy. Trey Smith and Juwan Taylor. Stop holding every player you face. 
The Chiefs lead the NFL in offensive holding penalties, and both of those guys, respectively, lead the NFL with five each. You don't have to hold on every play. That's Patrick Mahomes behind you, and I get it. He's worth half a billion dollars, and you have to protect him. But also, that's Patrick Mahomes back there. He gets sacked less than anyone else in the NFL. And you want to know why? Because he's a magician. In this game alone, Mahomes was under 19 QB pressures. The only time he was sacked was on the second play of the game. So just let them go and give him a chance. Do your job. Travis Kelsey, I love him. I love him and the whole game is on his shoulders. So I'm not mad at him. But, but, like four times he's fumbled in the red zone and we've ended up losing that game. He should know at this point. There's no reason to try to fake out four defenders on the 16-yard line. Just hold on to the ball. Give us a chance. It's a close game. Give us a chance there, man. Come on. Pacheco. Hell of a game. Sorry, I probably should have mentioned it first, but I'm also upset in your usage. That's not your fault at all. That's Nagy's fault. That's Reed's fault. You had a hell of a game. You. 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 You're cool. You, I'm out. But it's, again, a cold, slippery, wet night. Patrick Mahomes was throwing the ball left, right, all over the place, slipping out of his hand. You should have rushed 30 times. You had a great game. MVS. Come on, man. And it's not even the drop. I mean, it is the drop. It's 100% the drop. We're all mad about the drop. But you didn't catch a ball this game. Justin Watson had 11 targets. You're supposed to be our number one wide receiver. Thank God Rashid stepped up, but coming into the season, everybody said, okay, let's draft MVS in fantasy because he's going to be Patrick Mahomes' number one guy this year, and you haven't shown it, man. This was your chance. You had the chance to turn the corner, and you just didn't. So it is what it is, man, and I'm sorry. And Patrick. Statistically, on paper, Mahomes is having the worst season of his career, but with that, I will take it to this week's Big Red Rant. I got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> now, you're going to hear about it. This season, Patrick Mahomes has his lowest ever yards per game. Ooh, that's bad. Yards per attempt. That's bad. Yards per catch. Ooh, that's bad. QB rating. That's bad. His interception percentage is up. That's bad. So, it's his fault. He's playing awful right wrong if you look at his stats compared to years previously he's actually making better decisions that's good the problem is that they're safer decisions that's bad patrick mahomes currently ranks third in the nfl in attempts that's good he usually finishes in the top five in attempts that's good however in years previously He's also finished in the top five in his poor pass percentage. That's bad. And this is probably because he gets hurried more than any other quarterback in the league, even without the blitzes, because his offensive line hasn't been great through the years. That's bad. So he 
make some risks, but the risks have paid off in the past. That's good. And it's the risk that I'm missing. Because if you also look at the stats of those years, specifically looking at the deep ball, in the last five years, he's finished in the top 10 in attempts per game on 10-yard, 20-yard, 30-yard, 40-yard, and 50-yard attempts. That's the ball traveling in the air, not a dump off to Tyreek in the slot and watching him run 60 yards. The ball traveling in the air on deep attempts. However, this year, 10-yard attempts, 8th. 20-yard attempts, 16th. 30-yard attempts, 12th. 40-yard attempts, 11th. And 50-yard attempts, 13th. That's bad. His rushing is through the roof because he's not throwing the ball deep and he is hitting checkdowns or taking the ball himself. But why then? Why isn't he having these deep attempts he's had in the past? What is different since 2018? I came to the conclusion that it is Matt Nagy, right? It must be. He must be calling safer plays. That must be it. So I looked at those stats. In 2017, the last time Matt Nagy was the offensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs right before the Mahomes era, you have Alex Smith. Well, that's probably going to be a poor sample size, right? I can't use those numbers to compare. Well, actually, I was incredibly surprised. With Matt Nagy calling the plays and Alex Smith at the helm, he actually finished 10th, 9th, 1st, 3rd, and 1st. That's on those 10, 20, 30, 40, and 50-yard attempts. That's with Kelsey. That's pretty much with the same offense. And that's Alex Smith, who did not have a deep ball arm. So Matt Nagy is not the problem. What is the problem? Well, Smitty had Tyreek. And Mahomes has had Juju. And he's had guys in the past that he trusts deep. This season, he doesn't have it. And he doesn't trust anyone on this team. There's one guy right now that he is targeting more than anyone else, and he has the highest percentage of those deep ball targets on our team. It's 26% of deep ball targets, and it's Justin Watson. That's bad. But you can't blame Justin Watson. Sure, he dropped that ball late in the game, and everyone was mad about it. But that's Justin Watson. The guy's never even been a wide receiver three on a team. That's like you volunteering me to fight Mike Tyson and then being pissed off when I get knocked out. The guy's not a wide receiver one, and he's playing way outside of his talent level. The problem is that management, like I've said a thousand times, is not getting us a true deep threat. Right now, Rasheed Rice is leading in yards after catch. That's after he's not catching the ball on those 50-yard routes. We don't have that hands burner that we need, and they've done absolutely nothing to try to fix that. That is the whole problem in the offense. Mahomes is throwing smaller, shorter, safer passes, and that's not the Patrick Mahomes I know, which is why losing late in the game, I don't have that sure fire, we're going to march, we're going to score. In the past, it's been, Who's going to make the big play? Who's going to step up? 
who's he going to do it with when he does it? This year, it's how. How the hell is he going to do this? Who could he possibly throw to to get us out of this jam? We do not have any march up the field wins, and that's the difference. Patrick is actually playing his best football. That's good. He just has zero weapons to do it with. That's bad. Can I go now? And so with that, we'll get into the blitz. I'm seeing double here. Four crusties. Week 12. Welcome to Raiders Week. Chiefs win 31-17. After not showing up in the first quarter, they outscore them dramatically. When I turn to Kira after a 62-yard Josh Jacobs touchdown and say, I'm going to turn the game off. They've already lost. I hate this. To which she talks me off a bridge. Kira, we need to talk. I think this relationship is- If you leave me, I will kill myself. <sighs> I love us. My analysis of the game, it was nice to see the Chiefs finally score in the second half of football, something they've struggled to do all season and couldn't do at all the week earlier against Philadelphia. So to face a little bit of adversity, turn it around and come back there was nice. Further game analysis, um, my wife's favorite player is having the best season of his career. Harrison Bucker is 20 for 20 in field goal attempts and hasn't missed an extra point. Only four kickers in history have finished the season perfect. And only two of those guys have not missed an extra point. So here's hoping I'm not jinxing him, but keep it up, Bucker. As for the rest of my analysis, it's the Raiders, guys. They suck. Half the time, I still refer to them as Oakland. Honestly, the headline should have read, The Chiefs beat Devontae Adams with a no-name quarterback, Max Crosby, and Josh Jacobs, and then 49 other guys whose names you don't know. They're the Raiders. They lost to the Jets and Bears this year. But... Regardless of the infantilizing I'm doing to them right now, which I am, because they're babies. We beat up babies. The Raiders are babies. It's actually been a pretty good rivalry in my lifetime, which will take us to the top five. Top five Raiders Chiefs moments. The games with the Raiders were not games. <laughs> no games are fun. You know, these were wars. Given that it's a rivalry, I'll try to actually be bipartisan during this and have some good moments for the Raiders. So to do that, I guess I'll have to get into the mind of a Raiders fan and uh, be an illiterate criminal. Uh, but let's give it a shot. Number five, Latavius Murray. On November 20th of the 2014 season, a bunch of my friends and I in a fantasy football league went to my friend Brett's basement where we like to watch the Thursday night football game. I had Alex Smith. My friend Chris had Latavius Murray. The Chiefs were second place in the division. The Raiders hadn't won a game in 16 games and were 0-10 on the year. He started a rookie running back who had never started a game before in the NFL who then scored two touchdowns, including a 90-yard score, 
sealing the victory for both the Raiders and my fantasy loss. The Chiefs would go on to miss the playoffs by one game that season with the Ravens getting it instead. Quaff! Oh, quaff this kind of pensy and forget this loss, Lenar! Quoth the Raven. Nevermore. No! Number four. On September 6, 1998, Oakland Raiders quarterback Jeff George dialed up his inner Danny Dimes, being sacked a total of 10 times by the Kansas City Chiefs defense en route to a 28-8 Raiders loss. Late great Hall of Fame Chiefs linebacker Derek Thomas racked up six of those sacks by himself, including one safety. Unfortunately, this was one sack short of the NFL record, which is, of course, held by Derek Thomas eight years earlier against the Seattle Seahawks. Well, of course I know him. He's me. Number three, October 19th, 2017. Thursday Night Football in Oakland, Chiefs versus Raiders. With about 30 seconds left, trailing 30 to 24 the Raiders Derek Carr has the ball on the opposing 29 yard line it's first and 10 and they have no timeouts he takes two consecutive shots at the end zone that hit receivers hands and are dropped then with about 20 seconds left on third and 10 he throws a pass to Jared Cook who catches it for a touchdown 18 seconds left on the clock the refs come out and overrule that he was down on the one yard line there's a 10 second runoff and when the ref blows his whistle the clock's gonna start again there are eight seconds left in the game Derek Carr drops back throws a touchdown to Crabtree who just before that pushes off a Chiefs defender they call offensive pass interference and the Raiders go back 10 yards to the 11-yard line. There are three seconds left. Next play, touchdown pass right through the hands of Jared Cook. He had it. He was wide open, and it hit him in the midst. Chiefs win, right? No. Defensive holding. First down, can end the game on a defensive penalty. They're getting another shot. Next play, Patterson makes an amazing catch, dragging his feet, touchdown, Raiders win. Except they rule that he stepped out. Okay, Raiders lose. Except there's a flag on the play, there was another defensive hold, and they're getting another shot at it. Still three seconds left. On the final play of the game, Derek Carr drops back, finds Patterson again while rolling out, and hits him right on the pylon. Chiefs lose with the extra point. There is no time left on the clock. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Number two. In 1970, the Kansas City Chiefs lead by three against the Raiders with two minutes left in the game. It's third down and late great quarterback Len Dawson only needs to get the first down to ice the game. He fakes the handoff, rolls out right, and takes off for about 15 yards, sliding to end the play. 
The Raiders defender comes in late, spears him in the back with his helmet, and everyone fights everyone. At the end of it, the refs come out and say it was offsetting penalties and that the play needs to be replayed. They fail to convert the third down conversion and punt, and the Raiders ultimately end up scoring a long field goal to tie the game because they are a bunch of cheap shot artist goof criminals. Sorry, uh, I forgot I was supposed to be bipartisan here. I have to go. You're a bad person. You're a bad person. Number one. On December 15th of 2013, I was rocking out pretty hard to a song released a few months earlier. It feels like a perfect night to dress up like hipsters and make That's because it was my 22nd birthday. What else happened that day? Jamal Charles did. He rushed eight times for 20 yards and a score. And you know what else? He received 195 yards that game with four more receiving touchdowns. Still an all-time Chiefs record of five TDs in that game. Why is it relevant here? Because they beat the Raiders that day, 56-31. to 31. Happy birthday to me and the Raiders. Dear Lord, that's the loudest profanity I've ever heard. So we'll finish this podcast the same way we do every week. Put 13 seconds on the clock for the 13-second drive. How to beat the Packers. Ready? Go. Jordan Love sucks at football, but he's got a weird thing with Romeo Dubes where they hook up for a lot of touchdowns. So stop that guy and you'll probably stop the game because Dylan and Jones are hurt and they don't have a running back. Final prediction, Chiefs 47, Packers 17. Yeah, 47. I got a feeling about this one. Here's hoping I'm right, and here's hoping I see you guys next week. Everybody, happy Raiders week. All right, let's give it a little Chiefs here. How about those Chiefs?